All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a specific topic that the listener was interested in when they went to our website, techgumbo.net. But this week, instead of going with the question of the week, we are decided to have ourselves a, a guest, Greg Trahan. He's the Director of Economic Development at LSU, which we both love. And Greg, welcome to Tech Gumbo. Thank you very much for having me. So what exactly is your role at LSU? So as you said, my title is Director of Economic Development. Uh, I'm physically located in the Office of Research and Economic Development, but I have the good fortune of working across the main campus and the system in support of uh, a lot of initiatives, primarily connecting dots within and without the research enterprise. In short, I connect a lot of industry to faculty. I connect a lot of uh, faculty research to perhaps commercialization opportunities. When I do have the opportunity to work with students, it's great, but it's really focused on the research and the research enterprise. For the, for the purposes of this conversation, in the fall of 22, I was asked by President Tate to serve a special advisory role in cyber initiatives. Throughout the work in the campus and the system and within industry and with select state and federal partners, we're putting a plan in place to position LSU as a national leader in cybersecurity. That's really exciting. We've actually had Dr. Abe Geely on to talk about some of LSU's roles in cybersecurity. What specifically are you working on with there? How is LSU developing itself? How is LSU positioning itself? What can you tell us about that? It's a great and important question. And Dr. Begili is an important part of that puzzle. Really, it starts with the faculty, meaning when you look at what a research university does and what it's supposed to do, like any organization, it's really predicated on talent. You need excellent people. Dr. Begili was one of two faculty we hired last year. To put it in perspective, the cybersecurity concentration at LSU has only been around for a couple of years, 20 or maybe 2019 or so. And in that time, I haven't looked at the most recent numbers, but I can say confidently it's gone from somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to more than 300. So you have explosive interest, you have explosive growth. And what you need is not just people to fill those spots. You really need exceptional talent and mentors and leaders. And Abe and Aisha, Dr. Ali Gombe and Dr. Richard are, are outstanding exemplars of, of what's possible when you find really good people. And it, it should come as no surprise that it's really hard to find talented cyber people. My guess is that you're going to have to poach them away from industry because those skills are, are very much in demand. So it's cool that they're able to lure them here to LSU. 
Yes, and that continues apace. Uh, we, you will see announcements soon. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see anywhere from five to seven new cybersecurity computer science faculty in the fall. And some of that is to expand our capability, our research capability, and our instructional capability around dimensions of cyber. Other, and in many ways, it's really just to help satisfy the demand from the students. So one of the big programs that LSU has just recently announced, and I know you were a big part of, is the the work with the United States Secret Service and partnering with cyber challenges. Tell us about that. Absolutely. It was something that organically happened. It started with a conversation with the Secret Service a couple of years ago around addressing initially some cyber challenges. They had some very specific challenges they were looking for assistance with and needed some technical expertise on. And as the conversation evolved, it became very clear that, one, the Secret Service is, is an interesting agency because everyone sort of knows they protect the president and the vice president of the executive branch. But they also have a very specific cybercrime mission. And that emerged, they used to be housed under the Department of Commerce. And now they're under the Department of Homeland Security. So they have this, this two-faced kind of mission or double-sided mission. And really, they can hire outstanding people to work on the protective detail. But like every organization, like every company, like every tech company, they're, str they're struggling to find people to help with the cybercrime. And what is intriguing about that cybercrime mission is that it impacts, it, it really has implications for national security. So as we started talking about how to not only help them in their protective mission, but also their technical mission, it became clear that, okay, the breadth of their mission aligns really well with the breadth of what LSU can and should do. So uh, as we started to look at research areas and talent areas, it became clear we were headed towards a formalization of a partnership, and that's absolutely what happened. So the release that you saw was the formalization of the partnership between the Secret Service and LSU. That's so cool. LSU very much has this idea about the old war school. That's something that it's very proud of. It's military roots as an institution. Can you draw a line from that to this? Is this part of that same thinking? Absolutely. Whether you're in the intelligence community, the defense community, the military community, you're looking for a broad set of skills that translate across those various missions, but they need different technical skills for their different mission. Given that Cybersecurity is a war fighting domain. It's where cyber wars will be fought. It's critical for us and, and an opportunity for us to honor that legacy. And President Tate has, has been a strong advocate for that. When he talked about making cybersecurity or cybersecurity becoming one of our priorities, it was imperative that we find some way to honor that legacy. So we've been looking for ways to include and work with ROTC. And while we have a lot of computer scientists who are, I wouldn't say, overtly military, the interest in working on challenges that affect national defense and national security is it's prevalent throughout the department. It's exciting. So there's also a component of this where you're going to be recruiting some of the athletes to be part of the Secret Service. Correct. And that was fortuitous in the sense that we have the sort of candidate that the Secret Service thought was a good candidate for protective detail. And the Secret Service had a good program that aligned. And you can read about this. It's called the, the STAR program that the Secret Service has. And in the conversations that we were having with the agents, phrases like team-oriented, goal-oriented, driven, really successful, physically fit, interested in adventure, not afraid. Okay, you're describing student athletes in many ways. And given that many of the athletes don't either go professional or choose not to go professional and look for an opportunity, 
this uh, Haggai, much to your question about the old war school, felt like a really interesting way to connect what was skill set. I mean, a, a certain mindset and a mentality to what the Secret Service was looking for. LSU Athletics has done a really good job of working with students on what does it look like if you're not going professional, what's your career? And really, we just wanted to make sure that our student athletes, those Tigers, knew that the Secret Service was a viable career path for them. And, uh, I, and that's how that piece started. I actually love that idea that all the things that you're describing line up so well and so few people go pro that LSU can tell its students and tell its student athletes that there are people interested in you. Your life does not end once you graduate. There is a next step. We're preparing you for that next step. That makes so much sense. And that's such an awesome having all these branches come together and intertwine in this way. And in the Secret Service, I talked about the kind of the, you know, the double sided mission. In many ways, it's not entirely clear sometimes how those connect because you, you need to have a, a team oriented mission on the protective side, whereas on the cyber side, a single individual in a room can make a compelling breakthrough that helps helps on their version of the case. So for the student athletes, there is a student life division, and that's where the Secret Service agents have been. That's with whom they've been meeting, talking about, okay, you have to satisfy some GPA requirements. But the fact that you're in LSU athletics alone or a college athlete means that you already possess or have these inherent skills that make you an, an excellent protective agent. That's fascinating. I, I love that. I really do. I think it's it's such a, a great opportunity for these young people who who are trying to figure out what they want to do. Here's a career. It it takes all of your skills and just continues them on. You're going from one team to the next team. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. But you were also involved in the Louisiana's largest ports agreements with the protecting critical infrastructure and, and the cybersecurity around ports. Tell us about that a little bit. Sure. This is an exciting one. And and it started with it was it evolved from the conversation with the Secret Service. So when we start working on on some of these cyber challenges, as you can imagine, what you start to run into is the same kinds of problems and the same kinds of problems. And they're being supported by and attempted to be defended by by the same kinds of partners. And they all need the same kinds of skill sets where I think this became very interesting was, as you probably heard of our scholarship first agenda. And we talk about cyber and defense, cyber and defense as that Pentagon in our as that priority within our Pentagon priorities is intriguing to me because it, it touches all the other areas. I can draw a clear line between cybersecurity and everything else we're doing in agriculture and biotech and coast and energy. And the intersection of cyber and energy is a is a very challenging one. And when we talked about what it would mean to be the best cybersecurity school in the country, what would what would that look like if we project it out? It would almost, it, well, it insists or it demands that we be exceptional at the intersection of cybersecurity and X. And in this case, for us, it's energy. There's nothing more critical to Louisiana than its critical infrastructure. So starting with the ports, when you look at where that is, the ports, and, and we said this in the press release, and I, I loved it when President Tate said it, the ports are the physical instantiation of where all of our research priorities converge. So every the ag, biotech, coast, defense, and energy, it's, it's hard to find a place on earth that they don't converge other than a place like a port, and then Louisiana has 32 of them. And so in aggregate, it became clear that we were in the 
sort of the literal and figurative epicenter of a place that needs help because traditionally ports haven't had to deal with cybersecurity issues. Now it's something very real that they they have to contend with. And it gave us just another way to work with our defense and intelligence and law enforcement partners. So we partnered with this, the five of the largest ports in the state. It, it wasn't difficult to get them excited about the potential for research and talent development. I, I really like that description of it as an intersection of all of these key pillars coming together in the ports. That's such an interesting way to view that. And it makes so much sense, especially LSU has the water campus right there on the Mississippi River that they're already studying the river in these ways. Just adding cyber as another layer into that is just such a natural fit that really does make a lot of sense. And from a research perspective, just anecdotally, I was in a computer science class not too long ago, a cybersecurity class. And anecdotally, I said, how many of you would love to work on things like critical infrastructure in a port in South Louisiana. Maybe that was a quick way to say, how do you want, would you like to spend the summer <laughs> at, at, at Port Fouchon in Grand Isle or something? But universally, the students were, 80% of the class raised their hands, working on real world challenges that affected Louisiana, that had national security implications in an area that not only deserved attention, but frankly, doesn't get a lot of, when we talk about talent development, cyber ports are not really where you think, but they're the they're the gateways to, to Louisiana and the rest of the country. And another thing that I like about that is it keeps the talent here. That I, as someone who considers myself talent from South Louisiana, I'm now in New York City because my industry doesn't exist back home. And so to have a way to say to this next generation, you can still achieve your highest goals and have a good bowl of gumbo, that really is something I would be interested in if that was possible. Talking about the infrastructure. We've done countless stories about how the, the electric grid is being attacked and how the pipelines have been attacked. And everybody sees those as big news stories when those get attacked. But this is really fascinating that because nobody thinks about the ports as something, how key critical they all are. I think we've got a big picture of the Southern California port with all the ships stacked up out there during COVID because they couldn't get all everything unloaded and how critical these ports really are. That was not a cyber problem, but how quickly a cyber problem could turn into that. Haga, I think that's exactly right. I think you all you had to do was look at the real physical world implications of someone not showing up to work. How's that any different from logistics system offline? The other thing is because ports tend to move so much heavy equipment, they're just they're massive by by scale. You automatically need all of these integrated systems to do that. And it, in some cases, from a resource strap standpoint, you can have someone who's exceptional in, at logistics. But if law enforcement and the Department of Defense or other folks have a hard time finding people who are exceptional in cyber, then you can only imagine that a place like a port who historically hasn't had to look for those kinds of people. Man, especially when you start getting into the sophisticated cyber. I mean, some of this is just network hygiene and some of it would just be training and some of it would just be, look, let's just make sure you're resilient to, you know, the, the, the normal kinds of things that any normal organization would have run into. But then there very much are some of those research opportunities and considerations of we need to defend against the art of the possible when it comes to some of the, the scarier stuff. And for some of our PhD students and our master's students who are very interested in embedded cyber and hardware cybersecurity, the ports represent a place where, my gosh, if you can help defend that and protect that, to your point, Haggai, like that, that's what Louisiana needs anyway. It, it, and I'll say just as a native Louisiana as well, from the talent standpoint, it would stand to reason that we'd be, we should be good at that. And so we're focusing on that. That's very exciting because 
I, I want the best for Louisiana. I, I want us to be able to say that we have agriculture, we have tourism, and we have cybersecurity. That, you know, whenever I can talk about, you know, go to Louisiana, stay in Louisiana, because it's it's a great place to be. You're really rounding out what our state has to offer. And so that, that's such an exciting idea to me. I've come to my definition of economic development for doing this for many years, and it really boils down to other people's money. Are you doing something so good that someone outside looks at you or looks at what you're producing and says, I want that and I want to invest in it. And when I think about the university's mission and our role in the world, we have the opportunity to produce something such as incredibly talented, deeply technical, sound people from Louisiana that would warrant investment, that would warrant interest, because we would be the institution or one of the institutions that the nation would look to to say, that's how it's done. That's how you produce those kinds of people, because there isn't anywhere else to do it. And and if we can't defend Louisiana, then how can we be expected to defend the country? So there's a there, there's very much a mission there. If you become so good that you're not just keeping local talent, but you're attracting talent from other places, that is the dream right there. So I, I very much love this mission. I, I love this project. So are there other opportunities coming down the road that we should be looking for that in the cyber world that LSU might might be playing with here soon? Yes. <laughs> but you can't tell us yet what is going on. No, but I will I will say that the excitement around the incoming faculty you may have seen on social media there there a couple of faculty have even said I'm I'm joining LSU as a new team. When you look at what those individuals do and how they do it, you can start to sense that we're going to be building out some very exciting capability and expertise in areas like software engineering and uh, embedded systems to go along with uh, Dr. Bagheeli and Dr. Dr. Ali Gombe and Dr. Richard's expertise in memory forensics and digital forensics. We really want to push the envelope on a lot of that. So if you can think of, again, I'll just say the intersection of cyber and every one of our other priority areas should give you some sense of where we believe there could be interesting partnerships. So 10 years from now, what is something that LSU will be able to hang its hat on and say, we are now the best at blank? The way I think about it is LSU will be the nation's most important cybersecurity school. That's a very high bar. I'm so excited that LSU is trying for that. I'm so excited that this is something important to the university and that people are thinking about where are we now? How do we get there? We're both Hagan and I are both LSU alumni. That's really exciting and encouraging news. I'm I'm just um that's that's amazing that that LSU could has the aspiration to be number one. So much kudos to to President Tate. It's a thrill and a joy to work for President Tate and Provost Haggerty on this kind of aspiration, this kind of mission. We recognize how hard it is to say that you're going to be the best at anything because that's it's subjective. Other schools have been computer science departments have been around for 50 years and there's pioneers. The interesting thing about cybersecurity is that it's disrupting everything, which means even the way you teach it, which means even who's good at it. So the the question becomes, how do you start producing the deep technical soundness needed to address these issues? at the intersections of places that have state and local and regional and national impact and do it at scale with people in your state. I can't think of a better way to summarize what LSU's mission is. And and when I say the most important school, what I mean is 
if someone says goes to the NSA or the Secret Service and says, how on earth did you find those exceptional people? What were they exposed to that made them not only technically sound, but absolutely essential to how we do what we do? And we want them to point and say they're LSU grads. We want to be known for that, of pushing the boundaries. That's why the cybersecurity piece is so important for Secret Service, because you can expose students to things they would have never otherwise been exposed to, and it ain't in the classroom. Greg, really want to thank you for spending a few minutes here on Tech Gumbo. And as more opportunities with more stories come around, please give us a call. Let us know. We'd love to have you back. I would be glad to speak about them when we can. We have, <laughs> we'll have some exciting news soon. I promise. It will. I promise there will be... We're not done. We're just getting started. Greg Trahan with LSU Economic Development. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.